thank you, Kisha, for, so much for doing this. Appreciate you for uh, taking time out of your schedule. I know it's uh, super busy. Um, maybe let the listeners know who you are and what do you do. Okay. I'm Kisha Moore, and I own Hummingbird Macarons and Desserts. I am uh, many hats, but I'm the president and creative director for our pastry line and our product line at the company. Nice. And so <clears throat> what type of path did you go through to get to becoming in this role and like what you're doing? Were you cooking and coming up with recipes maybe as a child or like what were you like as a kid? Yeah. So, I mean, my earliest memories of like being in the kitchen was like Christmas and I was six and my mom, I was just a very precocious child. So I think early on she allowed access. I don't know if that many six year olds would get the access I had these days that I had then. And so I would help her bake. And I think that and I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like internally I knew that I was going to be in business. And I didn't necessarily know what that was going to be. I knew that I enjoyed baking. But what I liked about it was, um, even at that age, because we would bake and then say go to the family function. So this was like Christmas. We were about to go to Christmas dinner with our family. And what I liked about it was um, the, the engagement. That food creates conversation. It puts smiles on people's faces if it's good. And, and at that age, all I saw was the good. I didn't see any bad reaction. I was like, oh, we're baking, and everyone's going to be excited to have it, and there's going to be conversation. And I think, you know, as I think about, like, over the years, it left an impression upon me that I want to provide something excellent that puts smiles on people's faces. And, and so that was, like, my takeaway. And so at each place um, I just baked I like to bake and I liked the experience of what that was going to bring to who the recipient who was who was on the other side of it so that's where my joy came from um, however I didn't like initially you know out of school go straight into that I was I went into banking I, I worked in banking for a long time um, well I mean relatively long I went from banking and then I worked accounting for um, an airline company <clears throat> So they go, they work hand in hand. I mean, then I went to culinary school, so didn't, you know, it was, it was weird. Um, I think maybe because at that, you know, when, during the time that I'm growing up, you know, there's a career path. The entrepreneurial spirit isn't based on, say, you not going to school and decide I'm going to pursue this thing. It's based on maybe you're inclined to finances or business or some economic whatever. Uh, and so... Uh, and then I realized I just want to I want to I want to go to culinary school. I just I want to cook. I want to engage in a thing that I that makes my heart beat. Uh, and so that's how that happened. So what's culinary school like for listeners that don't know? Like what type of stuff do you do? Mm -hmm. like so yeah, so culinary school. So in my mind, I thought I was going to go to school because I like to cook. I didn't realize how technical it was or how mathematic it was, or even the science behind it at that time, because, you know, you, just, you cook and bake. And if you're good at it, you're just good at it. Uh, but, of course, when you're doing things in quantity and precision, you need to know, especially with baking, uh, how important it is for measurement. So um, it's definitely very disciplined and, uh, and not at all. I mean, it definitely is, like, to go to culinary school, I went to Johnson & Wells, is, is, is very um, much the same kind of dedication and discipline required for any four-year or two-year college or whatever it would be. So, um, so yeah, it was good. It defined um, 
um, a lot of things. It helped me be more creative. It helped me understand how to push the envelopes and ingredients and things that existed in the world. So it was a great experience. So did you see yourself kind of starting a company while you were there at Johnson & Wales? Or did you kind of like decide you were going to get some experience and then you would finally like maybe one day do your own thing? Or like how did you think about like, Yeah, I thought that I would... Um, I thought that I would like, yeah, go to school and then work um, for some companies. That's what I did. I, I worked as a pastry chef. Um, and I think simultaneously with that, I was still like doing things on the side. So I was doing that and working from home. So, um, but always, I, I just knew that I would be in business. Now, again, that was a natural extension because I baked, you know, it just kind of came in. But I like business in general. Somebody could have come to me and be like, hey, we're going to be making shirts, you know, had that been, I like working with my hands. And had that lended to that, that would have been um, something great as well. It just, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful enough that it, they, they married well together. And the thing that I enjoy doing, the, the attention to detail, the things that I like to do which come from um, the baking and the science of it. So how long did it take you to kind of work and be a pastry chef to like maybe the first steps of starting Hummingbird? Um, so that came about, I mean, it wasn't like a direct path in that sense. I, I got experience in other things because I felt that it was important. So I became, you know, a certified food and beverage manager, hospitality supervision to understand the hospitality industry at large. Uh, because I like to know all aspects and components. I think some people go, I'm like, I'm gonna open up this business, I have this great idea, I've watched some things on TV and I have an understanding of it. I really wanted to know the ins and outs of it and so I also took courses and other things so I could be, I have a better understanding of those. Um, so I worked as a pastry chef and then I became a food and beverage um, supervisor for a private school for f about five or six years um, because that was high production. And I ran a team of people. So for me, I feel like I had this kind of hodgepodge of experiences that led to what Hummingbird is. And sometimes that's maybe sometimes we go through that. They're all in one ways, uh, in some ways, add to the fullness of running a company. But they were broken out in different ways, if that makes sense. So, um, so after that, after my first foray into having a bed and breakfast was... Um, like two years after school and and we were like a scratch bakeries my mom and I and we did that and I didn't have I had a good amount of experience but not the experience that I needed to like I had no marketing experience you know it was just like just it just was word of mouth and at that time there was no social media you know like there was internet but there's no social media basically things were still pretty much word of mouth and uh, and the interesting thing is that from that first um, shop to now, those customers still are my customers today. So it just goes to show that as, you know, word of mouth and, you know, now internet marketing, all those things are still very relevant. Uh, so yeah, so that's um, how that happened. I opened up a bistro, uh, thought that I would do food because I like food and baking and then realized I really just like the baking part of it. <laughs> I don't want to deal with having a uh, <laughs> um, the food part of it, though, I, I, I do that very well. Um, I really realized that I wanted to focus on what was um, 
a truer passion and more attention to detail, how, what product lines could actually come out of what that is. So when Hummingbird came about, it was that. It became a luxury dessert brand, and I really began to understand what it was that I wanted to do, and, um, and, the, and the focus and, and what that is just became much more synergized. So talk about the, just the, I think the hospitality mindset is kind of an interesting uh, point to maybe stick on for a bit. Mm -hmm. So what type of things did you kind of pick up along the way about hospitality that maybe stick with you today? Like maybe just, because it seems like you can always tell a person mm -hmm. that's either had some experience in the hospitality industry, whether working hotels or sure. food industry. Um, there's a certain level of like, what can I do for the customer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you kind of process yeah. that? So, yeah, so that's good. I think hospitality is, uh, that training is helpful because it helps you see the customer. I think it's important that when customers come in, no matter where it is, whether you're in a hospital, I mean, a hotel setting or a hospital setting or anything that requires us to engage customers in a very direct service oriented type thing, that that it is important that people are seen. So, for, so as much as I spend a lot of time on product and making our products well and choosing certain ingredients, there was just as much time given to hospitality, how our customers should be serviced, how we see them, how we view them, how this product is also part of the service to the customer. Um, and it also helped form like, you know, a lot of our core values based uh, around that, not just externally, but internally as well. Um, and so one of the things, this is, so when I tell you I have like a very interesting experience, I actually worked in as a, um, before school, this is right, right out of high school actually, I was a housekeeper in a hotel. I hated that job um, because it is, because it is um, in a lot of ways um, can be demoralizing. Mm. And the good thing about having that experience, so it helps me also understand how I'm hospitable to workers in the hospitality field and the customers who need the services that come from the people in the hospitality field and and just how um, people are treated. And I think that's the biggest thing is that it comes down. So if you're when you say, what did you take away? I took away from each of those experiences, the treatment of human beings and how people, no matter what job you have or what industry you're in, whether you're the boss or you're working, that we've got to see people and, and the treatment of people is important. So that is like my biggest takeaway. It's something that when I'm out observing in public, I'm, I'm observing how people are treated. And, um, and it's huge. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. So what do you think about, um, I guess, your brand aesthetic, your brand DNA? Because it seems like you have an eye, um, your team, yourself, you have an eye for kind of making something visually ple pleasing mm -hmm. just as much as um, the other senses like taste and smell. Mm -hmm. So, like... Where did you kind of develop the language of your brand and how did you develop your your vision or direction, mm -hmm. the creative direction? Yeah. So um, one of the books that I read, I read a lot of books, but one of the books that really kind of like I felt took all of these components and brought them together for me was Tony Shea's book, Delivering Happiness from Zappos, um, the Zappos founder. And it was all of the touch points 
because they were product-based as well and service-based. And he brought those things together, I thought, very well. And a lot of those came about it from his own experience. So, so in, in the same vein, creating the product and the flavor profiles and all those definitions, all of those things are in mind of it tastes, it looks, it feels, those kind of sensory things as a pastry chef that are important. And then that the customer also experiences these same things. So it is, uh, for me, um, part of that DNA, even with our team, is the complete experience. And even being mindful of like our team experience. So when we're creating something, I'm like, oh my gosh, taste this, this is so good, you know? So they get excited as well. And that excitement then transmits to the customer um, and then, and, 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 it, and it transmits in a lot of ways. The customer, say you're, the customer standing right in front of you receives that experience. The customer who's taking that product to someone, say for a birthday or whatever, they have that experience. So ultimately, it is the hummingbird experience. And everything about from the, the creation of a recipe to its development, to its implementation, to the experience is, is all of that. Um, the joy of it, everything about that is what ultimately you're delivering to um, your customer. And how did you get like your first kind of brick and mortar location for Hummingbird? Was it was it here? Like where yeah. So um, so I closed the bistro and did a pop up. At that point, when I closed the bistro, I was like, "Gosh, I'm 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 tired. I really want to crawl up under a rock." And and be like, I'm done. But the, the heartbeat of an entrepreneur, that, that doesn't happen. You know, you might give yourself a day or two and you're like, I've got another idea. You know, like this is what we're going to do. And, uh, and, so, and so that closure um, is what happened. And so initially, when I opened up Hummingbird, I, have, we ha- I was like, we have these macarons. They're doing really well. We went into a pop-up shop. We had some Groupons that were outstanding. I wanted to make sure that we were able to honor those. And so that's what happened. I went to a pop-up shop making macarons and other desserts to honor the Groupons that we had, thinking, I was like, okay, I'll do this for six months and I don't, you know, I'll maybe look at thinking doing something else. And it became, as I worked on it, the, the understanding of product and product development and longevity and what I want that to be as an anchor of our brand and other things that will come out of it came as a result of that. So we're in a pop-up shop for a year. And- uh, Where was that at? In Chesapeake. Mm -hmm. And then after- High uh, traffic or destination? It was definitely destination. Um, I think that it's important here to talk about something that in business is more than just location. Business isn't about, it is about location, but it's also about the thought, the, the process of what that is, about how you're gonna present your brand and, and, and how you do it well. And I think a part of the attention to detail and how we do it well is why we have people who follow us. Because at any point it could have you know, been like, oh, this isn't working or whatever. Um, but they found a place that no matter where I would be that I was gonna to put, to put out a good product. So that's, where it is and so it was destination people just they were they hunted us down yep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> if you build it, they will come. and so um so we went to the and i didn't know what was going to happen with the pop-up shop so imagine we had about 2200 square feet of a bistro where we had sandwiches and salads and 
you know, my same thought process there. We made our salad dressings, we made our croutons. I like to control as much of the product as possible. So we had all of these things going on. People were coming in to eat lunch and then we close it. And we go through the same things. We notify people, you know, you can notify people as best you can. Some people are, are gonna get out of the loop. They're gonna miss it. Uh, and so when we did the pop-up, it was like, what's gonna happen? How is this gonna transition? Are people gonna show up? You know, there's still that, that place of like that precarious place. Like, is this gonna translate to the next thing? So when we opened up that first day, and we had a line of people outside the door in the, at the pop-up location. It just really blew my mind because in a lot of ways, you know that you're working hard. You don't always know the impact. Um, and at that time, there was um, Instagram did not exist. Uh, Facebook was still you know, in its phase of getting businesses on. And so there were still like, a lot of things going on. So you don't know the impact that you have on someone's experiential side of their mind, not the logical side, right? That makes decisions. So that was really encouraging. Um, and so then we went from there to Norfolk on Botetot, and then we were there for five years, and now we're going to Granby Street. Sweet, so, all right. So you went from Chesapeake to mm -hmm. Norfolk, and now you're on Granby? Yeah, we're gonna be at 809 Granby Street, yep. Got it, and maybe describe for the listeners like, what you actually sell there, mm -hmm. the layout, and the experience. Mm -hmm. So what we sell are um, fine desserts. We sell macarons, cakes, uh, vegan-based cookies, uh, and we do specialty cakes and tea. So in the new location, we'll actually be adding on tea service. So you'll be able to come in and have tea, um, some tea sandwiches, that, that type of experience. Uh, and, and that's what we are. So we are, are, again, a luxury dessert brand. You come in and get your desserts, thank you gifts, corporate gifts, um, shipping and distribution we'll also be doing out of that location. So um, it has become um, just an amazing journey. And what works from a marketing and sort of branding, um, getting the word out there, like what type of things are you seeing, I guess, good success with? Mm -hmm. um, still... Word of mouth, it's just become digital now. You know, you're tag people are tagging people. But what I think really works is that we bring our customers into the story of what the company is. And, and so that's really how we market it. We tell, it's our story. It's a story about our product. It's a story about our brand. It's a story about our customers. And, you know, and every now and then I'll throw in nuggets about my life and uh, different things about that. Um, because, again, because it's, it's, a, it's a food, Based product, you know, it's not like you, you don't necessarily need dessert. <laughs> I want you some, to need it. <laughs> some will argue with you on that. <laughs> some will argue on that. <laughs> um, and and so it is um, creating these amazing moments, and so our marketing is based on the the moments of our life and and how our product plays into that. So our packaging is a part of what that is. Um, the, our flavors are part of what that is. So we have collections that we launch seasonally. And how I started that is, is because um, it's not a menu. Um, dessert for me is, because um, then I will be, it is a need. Dessert is like life. Yeah. It's the thing that 
you go to when maybe you've had a bad day and not because you're binging on it's just you you want a moment that gives you the satisfying experience so i think of like we have this dessert that's during the summer it's a strawberry fraser and and to me it represents all the things that are great about life so it's like this these delicious strawberry flavors with an uh, an almond rum cream layered between this vanilla sponge and it's just like dripping with strawberry goodness it's like spring and summer it's it smells of that and so that's why it's life experience and so when you're eating it you're like listen i need everything to be quiet because i'm about to have a moment with this dessert and i don't want anyone around and i don't want anyone to ask me any questions <laughs> right so <laughs> So, um, and, and so that's, that is, I would say even, um, the cultivating and curating of desserts is a marketing tool. Um, I think that oftentimes in marketing, people are marketing, say a product, but they're losing sight of why that product is, you know, it's not designed just so we can get sales. It, that's part of it, but it's only part of it. It's not the full package. So part of the marketing is, is that this looks good, it tastes good, somebody's gonna talk about it, it's gonna show up at a birthday party, and so every part of that is part of our lives. It is a life experience, and so that's what we lean into. What does the team setup look like for you? Do you, how many people are trying to, I guess, cooking, or how many mm -hmm. people are selling? Yeah, so ideally, I have an ideal, ideal team, um, and obviously we're building other parts to it, uh, we have a pastry team, uh, and then an executive pastry chef. Um, we have um, a customer service, I don't like to say customer, a customer relations director, um, which success. is, yes, th thank you, yeah, customer success, I like that, I mean, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm going to change it to, that's why I came here, because I needed another word, I was like, I don't like that word. Um, so customer success director, thank you, and which would be like a GM, but I think, that it, it, it encompasses all of that, but for me, a customer, like I said, is everything about that customer experience from beginning to end. It includes our vendors, our team, you know, those are guests that come inside the door, and so that is the full experience. Uh, and then under, under our customer um, director, we have a lead, and then the front of the house. So that would be like our cash um, associates, and, um, and then like our, um, store associates uh, and then for me as creative director then I you know we sit talk about like what say the collection is going to look like next um, getting feedback from the entire team what customers may be saying we also ask our customers like what was your favorite you know thing from a collection and at this point we've had um, we've been it's six years so we've had 18 different collections um, and I have not up until now repeated a lot of those collections but we've got enough base now i can go back and be like okay we can pull this flavor some flavors are very complicated we will never do them again um <laughs> but others will you know be around so that's kind of like the structure of our team and how things are implemented do you have like any mentors or advisors you go to mm -hmm. get yeah ideas? i have mentors and advisors a lot of them are from uh not in the same industry and i like that uh, I think it's wise to have mentors outside of what your industry is because there are approaches to customer um, relations that are different. Say I have, friends that are in, I have friends and mentors that are in shipping, some are in the healthcare business, some are in um, large retail 
mentors. Um, and so I love that I'm able to ask them different questions that aren't necessarily related to what I do. Um, I have one who is um, a McDonald's guy. He's been at McDonald's since the 70s. And so it's just really cool to get um, insight from, from those perspectives. What's something you learned last year? Um, it could be social media. It could be like brick and mortar, like maybe something that you just saw that happened that year that you're just like, wow. Hmm. So the first thing that came to mind that I learned last year um, was that I, I, want, I want to stay true to why I started the company and why I do what I do. And I found myself getting caught up in the whole social media frenzy of needing to put this out. We've got to do this. We've got to do this because this is what's happening. And what I realized is I had to, while I think it's relevant, I learned that if you're not careful, you lose a side of who you are and your, your unique voice and that you start making product for, for social media or internet to get a response as opposed to doing it from your heart, which is how you got start, how most companies get started anyway. And as a result of that, it has changed the authenticity. Not that we weren't any, weren't authentic, it just caused the authenticity to go deeper. And, um, and so that's the place I want to stay. I don't want to be posting things so I can grab numbers. I want my numbers and the people come in for it to be authentic. And, and so that's something that I learned last year. Talked to it, and I had a really great conversation with a friend of mine who is um, an influencer, a very large influencer. And, and she said that she felt the same way. She says, you know, I found myself losing a piece of myself and I had to get back to what that was and why she did things. So it was, it, so that's probably the biggest thing that I felt like I've learned last year is um, no matter what happens, no matter what trends come, you've got to stay authentic to the voice of your company. That's truly how it's gonna grow. Um, because when that fades away and that particular social media market, let's say grab on that particular channel is gone, who are you? And if you can't identify that, you're in trouble. That sounds about right. <laughs> So what are you looking forward to for 2020? For 2020, I'm looking to go deeper and not wider. Um, again, I'm looking forward to uh, growing an amazing company and continuing to push the envelope in our area of influence, uh, not just here, you know, locally, regionally, nationally, and globally, uh, and, and putting, um, continue to put um, those building blocks in place to make sure that we have a company that has longevity. And where can the listeners follow and connect with you? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at Hummingbird Macarons, on Facebook at Hummingbird Macarons, Twitter, which we don't get on that much, but we are um, Hummingbird Macarons on Twitter, and, uh, and, and you can follow us there. How'd you come up with the name? The name? So, oh, that's good. So the name Hummingbird came about because I actually had a dream. And, and I would think that maybe subconsciously I like hummingbirds, but I wouldn't say that I had a feeder in my backyard. Uh, and so I had this dream that there was, and this is like two years before I even closed the bistro, and, and that there was this place that I was going to be in, and there were hummingbirds just written all around the space. And, uh, and so that's where that came from. 
and I began to do research. And so hummingbird, ironically, likes sweet things. <laughs> so they're a pollinator. And, and so their beaks go into the flower to suck out the nectar. And so that's what they do. So our logo has a hummingbird with a macaron at the end of it, sucking, you know, representing the sweet nectar. So, Love it. yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's where it came from, the sweet life. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> You're welcome.